0: Okay,
1: mm-hmm. Alan. Right. Welcome to the The bench on this podcast episode 51 me and Ramon are back here to cover the sports scene uh man what's happening with you man it's what's good.
0: up man I'm ready to get it rolling man we uh you know it's been what a, a week or so man So I'm ready to get back into it we had kind of a lot going on a lot coming up man so I'm just as usual ready to get rolling bro
1: yeah man um uh I wanted to start like a like a kind of like a Stephen A. cut the music type thing, (laughs) cause I have like something that's really been heavy on my heart right now. Uh But I I mean, I just gotta discuss it, man. I just gotta get on it, bro. Like, you know, I just want to talk about kind of like want to ease into it, kind of like the NBA scene a little bit. It was some things that kind of irritated me, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I mean, I just wanna I just wanna let people know that, you know. Kobe Bryant is the greatest Laker of all time. And I, I just want to, like, I mean, I understand LeBron is here, and he may be the greatest, one of the greatest of all time. I understand that. But if if LeBron hasn't been here more than, he's he's on his second year being in a Laker uniform compared to a Kobe who's been with the Lakers for 20 seasons. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he has the right to be compared to the greatest Laker of all time. And I know we got Magic. I know we got Kareem. But Kobe... With five rings, is the greatest lake of all time. And I just want to get that out the way so we can get on with the podcast and I don't have to worry about this. Hey, bro, you seem really bothered. Yeah, man. Like, like I... you really had to get
0: that off your chest, bro. I wish people could, like, see your face right now and, <laughs> and just, see, just see how you looking right now when you say that, bro. But, I mean, you know, I, I don't have no problem with what you just said. I completely agree, bro. You, you know how we all feel about Kobe. So, uh, so, I don't even know why that would even be – like why that would even be a thought or a discussion I don't wise. Know. That would even be said. I don't
1: know. I just gotta let the listeners know, man. They they come here to, you know, hear a good podcast, so we just trying to make it. But anyway, I off of that, you know, shout out to Shadow Worlds for carrying us. Yeah. Shadow Worlds Radio Network. Make sure that you go and check out their website. If you wanna listen to our podcast and you listen to our podcast, just check out instead of listening to your normal I guess platform you know, iTunes or, you know, Google Play or whatever you do, maybe just, you know, go on the website and listen to us there. And, you know, the streams account towards us is the same. But just to check out their website because they carry us and we want to make sure that we always get them the respect and, you know, always show them how grateful we are. So check out Shadow Rose Ra- Radio Network. And when you do that, they have also other topics. So if you just like into other stuff besides sports, you can check out, you know, topics and they got it. So. You know, so you know uh, we are gonna get into it, man. Um, um, before we start, I did it last episode, so I'm gonna do it this episode. Make Remond. them respect it. Um, yeah, bro. make man. them respect They gotta hear, man. They gotta hear. Make them yeah. respect yeah, yeah, man. I told you. I told you I had to let them know, man. They... Let, let them know. Man. <laughs> let them know, bro. I had to let them know, man. Turn it up a little louder. Hey, man. Number one team of the country. I'm feeling make, sure, I saw, I saw. make
0: sure, yeah. Make sure whatever y'all listening to, y'all turn it up as well, bro. Hear this as loud as you can. <laughs>
1: hey, they up there, man. They up there, bro. But I mean, the college football scene is set. I think that Georgia and Florida, they match up past this past Saturday, which is yesterday. Kind of like, kind of like, even things out. We know everything's set, so we beat Florida. You know. And we got going to talk about the reports of purpose more saying it. you know, nobody listened to this part. That, yeah. that part of the fight yeah. song kind of trash. Yeah, right. but you, you yeah got man, but, part. you know, LSU, number one in the polls. They're number one on our rankings. And another thing, man, I'm tired of people, like, sharing other people's, like, polls. Like, their, their polls are the same as ours. It's all opinion. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, of course, if you've listened to us, we, of course, have... You know, the knowledge and the sports kind of, you know, savvy to make the polls as unbiased as we can. But, you know, I see a lot of Instagram posts of people that don't even follow sports or share the AP posts because that's trendy to do. But, yeah. like, man, share our stuff, man. And like, our
0: stuff, really, if you pay attention to yeah. it, drops before it is dropped.
1: I'm glad you said that, Ramon. Like, our stuff drops before that, So, we not – and we do that – we don't feel like we have to right, do that right. because we know we are confident in our sports knowledge. But we do that on purpose. We drop our polls before the uh, quote-unquote official polls because we want to show y'all, like, look, you know, like, man, they, they copping off us pretty yeah, much. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like, you know, show us love. We appreciate the people that show us love. O underscore bench that's our Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate the people that do show us love. But we're just saying, like, look, man, if you don't follow sports and you don't care like, our polls are just as legit as the quote unquote official polls. But anyway, that's another thing that's yeah, been on my chest. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, you just let it all, yeah. right? <laughs> But anyway, man, like, I mean, we, we, what you think about the college scope, man? We we talked about Penn State. Let's start from the bottom and work our ways up. Penn State has been. Oh, at re- the bottom, man. Yeah, they are trash. But no. No, they're not. But anyway. You know, just yeah. looking at Penn State, we talked about them like a couple of weeks ago, and we just talked about how they, like, really are consistent, they've been steady, and now they find themselves in that fifth spot. They find themselves in the hunt for the playoffs. So, you know, what's interesting to me is just, you know, just Penn State out, out. I think everybody count them out. I think they are really one of those ones. And then there's Oregon again, University yeah, Oregon. Of Oregon. They are really, like, you know, just selling smooth, yeah. you know, nobody's talking about them, so... Yeah. I just wanted to kind of start off with those.
0: I think kind of with those two, uh, one big thing for Penn State I really want to see this weekend, they have uh, Minnesota that they have to play. Minnesota is actually undefeated at this point, too. Uh, Minnesota has a good coach in P.J. Fleck, somebody that even before Coach Ober became the actual you know permanent coach at LSU was a name that was kind of thrown out even in that coaching hunt over there that's at Minnesota. So it's going to be a nice test for Penn State two undefeated teams that are facing each other as well that that matchup is floating so much under the radar because of another matchup that we'll talk about a little bit later i'm pretty sure you're gonna want to get into <laughs> um but penn state the main thing i think that they'll get through that is gonna be of course when that big matchup with ohio state presents itself and i honestly think that uh the two of them uh, one of them obviously is gonna grab a spot in the playoff it just is what it is one of those two teams in the big ten and that's pretty much going to be almost like a playoff game in itself because it's kind of determining mm-hmm. who's going to end up grabbing a spot. So, and I think that game is in two, like two weeks from Saturday that's coming. Like they'll have this game against Minnesota, and then they got two weeks until they play Ohio State. So that's when we're going to know what Penn State really is. Um, as it relates to Oregon, like you said, Oregon, they had that lost opening weekend to Bama, um, a game that really they were out in front against Bama and we know kind of how Bo Nix really showed up as a freshman and kind of stepped up in that moment um, and when it won that game but since then Oregon has kind of been trucking along this last uh, matchup against uh, USC to me was the strongest that I've seen Oregon play this entire season Uh, they kind of had it clicking and rolling on all cylinders And, and USC had been a team that actually for the last couple of weeks was really rolling so That wasn't an easy win to go in there. Uh, I think prior to that, USC had won 23 out of their last 26 at home. So to go into that environment and beat USC and not only beat them, but blow them out. uh, I think Oregon's best path to get to the playoffs is for them, obviously, you know, easily to keep winning. But also, too, for Utah to keep winning. I think those two Pac-12 teams need to meet up in the Pac-12 championship, both sitting there at 11-1 and one with one loss to strengthen who's ever case. If Oregon and Utah are sitting there as top 10, top 7 type of teams and they face each other that final week as far as them being in the championship game against each other, I think it could propel one of them to grab a playoff spot as well. So um, that's kind of the landscape to me of, of those teams. And as uh, you said, you know, you saw the mm-hmm. Georgia-Florida matchup as well. Um and kind of of course that one wins Georgia away and you mentioning about Kirby kind of what he has said as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that you know things are at this point in the season things are starting to level out. I think that things like you said are, are starting to kind of come into you know the picture's starting to crystallize. So I mean, my thing with Georgia and Florida, I was kind of surprised that Georgia won that one. I was expecting Florida to kind of. You know, come up, but of course, it's always the SEC matchups and things are, you know, are very competitive in our league. But I mean, I mean, I think that with 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 Florida, I think they're out of the picture at this point. And you know, they they fought hard. I think they'll get a good bowl game for you, Florida Gainesville fans out there. I think y'all will get a good bowl game, but. I mean, I think that when you lose your starting quarterback, which I, I'm not too high on Frank's. But yeah, I honestly think that Trask might have, is really the offense the better. Been better yeah. with Trask. so I mean, it, you know, but at this point, they have had a lot of injuries to rack up, and you know, you know, they at least they're relevant. We we're talking about
0: them, but
1: with Florida, I'm not giving them any excuse. And the reason why I'm not because I'm tired of them
0: giving themselves excuses. I'm tired she of Dan Mullen me. coming out to the media and giving them excuses. Even after the LSU game, I rarely heard him give any type of credit to LSU. It was all about, we were missing this, we missing that. We got a bigger game that we playing next weekend. So with Florida, I guess it's kind of a part of a little personal thing. I try to be unbiased a little bit, but I'm tired of hearing them make excuses. Like normally you don't hear, especially coming as much from a head coach, to just keep making excuse after excuse. You deal with the hand that's been dealt with. Uh, dealt to you um and like you said I mean playoff wise they definitely are out of that picture at this point and I wasn't too surprised honestly with Georgia grabbing that one just from the the standpoint of Georgia's defense is elite like their defense is elite nice. now their passing game has been suspect this year very suspect but they do two things extremely well they play defense I know that's a simplified thing and they run the ball play defense run the ball. And so they do those two things at a very, very high clip, very high level. Um, If their passing game comes a little bit along, which I think that is possible. uh, I can't remember the receiver's name, but they just got one of their premier targets back. And um, I think that that kind of opened things up passing game wise for them this past weekend. And so it'll be interesting to kind of see where they sit, you know, in the coming weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, ultimately, I just want to get into Georgia and Kirby Smart saying he he would have preferred. What? How do you feel about that? I mean, I know he's a reporter and all. Uh, Finn bomb. He's a. That's his yeah, name, fine, right? bomb. Fine, fine, fine bomb. Fine bomb. No, no disrespect. But you know, him and Kirby had a personal uh, conversation, and then he allowed you know. Some of what they were saying to like leak out into the media, I guess that's his job. I mean, we're in the same, I guess we're in the, sort of the same, but we say whatever we want to say, yeah, yeah. But
0: I guess it's one of those things when you it's the whole on the record, off the record thing. But yeah. it's like, let, it's, me, let me, all right, before yeah.
1: you get into your spiel, let, let's tell the listeners what we're talking about because we got to do a better job of kind of like you know, setting yeah. up some. But, like, basically for the listeners, you know, Finn Bond released out that he had a personal conversation with Kirby Smart, which probably was an interview. And, you know, he let out that, you know, Kirby said he would prefer LSU over – he would prefer LSU in the SEC Championship over Bama. Because, I mean, because obviously for reasons he feel like his team could be LSU. And I mean, I feel like that's that's kind of billboard material for yeah. that shoe. Yeah. But you know, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. what do what do you walk the line between being a reporter and exposing a conversation? Because I'm, I'm Finn by, like a respect. Like he's he's at that yeah, point yeah. where like we're trying to get to where he's at. Yeah, you yeah. know, so he has personal relationships with you know, these coaches, these players. So they'd probably tell more to him than they would if it was me and you sitting in front of him. Yeah,
0: I guess it's one of those things, like I said, is the whole argument of off the record, on the record. Uh, If you let somebody know before you're having a conversation that, hey, this is going to be on the record, then you kind of can expose whatever you're going to expose. But if it's something that's supposed to be off the record, then typically you aren't supposed to leak something like that. But honestly, I'm glad that something like that leaked because – Um, One thing that I remember last year, yes, Kirby, you lost to both of those teams. But if you talk about the team you got hammered and got whipped by, it was LSU. So I just want to say that. That was the team that actually destroyed you last year. At least against Bama, you had a good showing. You came into Tiger Stadium and got destroyed against a team that didn't have this offense that they have this year. Mm. So you might want to be careful what you're asking for.
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, you look at LSU just as a team in general, they probably like... As far as offensive-wise, I don't feel like there is a defense in the country that can really contain them. I feel like the only way to beat LSU is to score as much as LSU can score. And you may get a stop here or there, but, you know, LSU, man, they they are one of the elite teams in the country. And, you know, me and you, Ramon, we, we talked, like, off-air about Ohio State and about how they're the most complete team in the league, in the country. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I feel like as far as Ohio State, they're more complete than even Bama. So, it's kind of, you know, I, I I don't, I mean, smart. That's a, that's the thing. Like, you have to take what teams say as, as, as a grand start. I would like to talk to Kirby and see how he felt about that being leaked. Because I feel like that's one of the things that he might have been just talking yeah. to Van Bond. He might just said that. But, I mean, let's, let's get it real. Let's not have a fake outrage, you know as a coach, as a player, as a competitor, you know, I know when I played AAU basketball and like we didn't have the luxury of seeing, of seeing film of teams that we was going to compete with. But what we did had a benefit of, we would always see teams playing before us. And we know that they always could be competition for us. We know that they always could potentially in this tournament, we could face them. So we always try to work it. Like, so it's always like when you're looking at two teams playing and you know that you could potentially play them, you always will look at them and be like, okay, I prefer to play this team mm-hmm. as opposed to that team, and there's no disrespect to that team. Yeah. But you know, at the same at the same time, you're like, okay, I want to win. I feel like yeah. I could take them guys, so I don't really feel like it's offensive. But I feel like making comments like that could be dangerous, yeah. just because of that. It yeah. could be used as bulletin board material. As yeah. a great coach, or coach O. Aranda and all of those you guys. You know what Joe Brady is. Doing. Yeah, you know they're going to be like, hey, look, they wanted, they preferred you yeah. over them. But, you know, and, and that that's why I say Kirby probably did not want that yeah. to be leaked out. And, and this is, to me,
0: this is where it gets it for me is, I think that Kirby, you pretty much, you know, actually saying that Bama has kind of that mental edge and mental factor over you. That's why you don't want to see them because, The last couple of times that they played Bama, they've actually matched up better with Bama than they've matched up with against LSU. The national championship game, they really should have won that game. But once again, right at the end, Bama came and took it from them. You look at the SEC championship game last year, Georgia really kind of had their foot on their throat. And then once again in the fourth quarter, Bama came and took it from them, kind of that mental factor. You look at the way the teams match up this year, Georgia's strength, as I was telling you, defensively, but running the ball. You look at Georgia's strength offensively is running the ball. LSU's biggest strength is stopping the run. LSU has been more effective stopping the run this year than Bama has been. And LSU has played better opponents than Bama has played. So as far as you talking about matchups and strengths on strengths, really actually on paper, they match up better with Bama than they do against LSU. But that's a whole other thing. But that's why... Like I think it really comes down to the mental thing. So really, right now, Bama has the psychological edge on Georgia, and so that's probably why you would want to see
1: LSU instead of seeing Bama. But yeah, man, uh, you know that's what it is. I mean, I, I don't think there's much more to say there. I mean, I think that LSU, you know, Coach O and the, and the staff—they've done such a good year, good uh, job all year. I know they're gonna use that as bulletin board material. So I know they're gonna shot—they shot themselves in the foot with that comment. Or even letting it out. But, you know, Finn Finbond doing his job, you know, and, and Kirby Smart probably be kind of, like, reluctant to say things like that. But, <laughs> hey, he might believe in his team that much, so what he like, it don't matter. You know, I, I, this is how I feel. I'm going to say what I want. You know, man. lose to either one of those teams. <laughs> yeah, man. so let's talk about Ohio State, man. They, they got Justin Fields, you know. Ironically, he transferred from Georgia. And, you know, now he's the man and and, and how is Georgia feeling right now, man? How's Kirby feeling, man? Like you you know, you let that guy go, you know, and transfer, you know, and he transferred because of the fact that you wasn't gonna play him and you believe in Jake Fromm so bad so good. And I and to, in my opinion, just from the eye test, Justin Fields has looked head and heels better than Jake Fromm, so I mean, how do you, you think Kirby feel about that, man? Uh, I don't know, man.
0: I'm on the fence with that, honestly, because I think Fromm's biggest issue right now is really the inexperience of his weapons. And when I say his weapons, I really refer to his receivers at this point. I think that's been more so the reason that Fromm has been ineffective, more so than him just struggling from the quarterback position. I think it's very tough Uh, that you do see a guy like Justin Fields, obviously, over at Ohio State prospering, but honestly, I think that that was a better move for Justin Fields. I think that that system fits him better than the system he would have had at Georgia. so I think with the situation, I don't think you see the same Justin Fields at Georgia as you would see what he's yeah. doing at Ohio State. That yeah. system at Ohio State fits him better, so it it kind of gets the best out of him, whereas I don't
1: think you wouldn't have got the best the best out of him at Georgia mhm-, yeah. But when you look at Ohio State being like the most dominant, we um, both agree that they the most dominant team. They in look the, the most complete. So it's kind of like, you know, Justin Fields is looking better than Fromm. You mm-hmm. know, Fromm hasn't looked too, you know, but he's gonna need that game. I think under him, I think that like when you see him in the SEC, if they do make it today, which I don't see why they wouldn't make it today. Yeah, they could
0: literally lose another. They could lose to Auburn and still be in there because they have a one game lead. On Florida, which is basically a two-game lead at this point, because you got the tiebreaker, mm-hmm. so they would yeah, literally have to lose two more we, SEC games. Yeah, we too. probably
1: expect them to be in the SEC so championship. So I mean, I, I I look at it like I mean when Fromm gets in that game, which I feel like would be versus LSU. Um, uh, you know, I guess it, my fandom is coming in, but I feel like LSU, <laughs> LSU will be there. I feel like once you see him play against against him and see what he does there. I think that you could kind of get a gauge of you know how good he is, but I mean Justin Fields, man, he he's nice, bro. He, he's yeah, really, no, really, he's really, really, really nice. So it's, it's kind. I
0: think what gets that team going though, man, is Chase Young, bro. Ooh, yeah. Chase Young is. Well, let's talk about now. that, man. We yeah. talked
1: about the you know we we get into kind of like the Heisman race or whatever, you know, and Chase Young is kind of creeping into the ranks. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about him as a guy you look at, you know, kind of like a Bosa you yeah. know, type of, you know, kind of like a, an effect on the game. He, we all know that, you know, pass rushers and quarterbacks, those are the, oh, those, are, that's the position that affects the, the game. You yeah. Know? And, you know, he can do that by himself. He, he's dominant,
0: bro. He's, he's dominant. Um, you know, you lose a guy in Nick Bosa that was coming off the edge last year. Of course, Nick Bosa. Once he got hurt, didn't play again. And you saw Chase Young. Chase Young was really good last year, too. But, like, this year, he's taking it to a whole nother level. He came back in even better shape, even gained weight from last year. And he's just pretty much kind of a freak of nature coming off the edge at this point. Um, it always gets tricky with defenders, especially defensive linemen in the Heisman race. Like, honestly, if Ndamukong Sue didn't win the Heisman the year, he was that dominant in college. At Nebraska, I can't see where really any defensive player, especially a D lineman at this point uh, or outside linebacker, pass rusher type, will really have a chance to win it if a guy like Indominus that that's one of the most dominant defensive mm-hmm. players I've ever seen yeah, on the college, college level. Yeah, college, yeah. Uh, so if he couldn't get it, but, you know, like you were saying, just about Ohio State, about the Heisman race, all that kind of stuff, they have kind of two guys that are – kind of sitting there in the Heisman race pretty much. That's crazy. And that's what's causing them to be so complete because you literally got a Heisman contender on both sides of the ball. And to me, that's where they kind of separated themselves from most other teams out there because most other teams, you can say, okay, LSU is elite offensively. Defensively, they're coming along, but they haven't shown continued dominance or sustained dominance defensively. Same thing with Bama, or you can look at a team with Georgia, where their offense has been shaky, but their defense has been good. But you look at Ohio State, and really on both
1: sides of the ball, they've been equally effective. So. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it it's crazy with Chase Young. I mean, I think as the Heisman race, I think it's it's for Joe Burrow to lose. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, I'm not not the. You know, kind of like beat on a dead horse. We we discuss why we think that Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman. But, I mean, that's our fandom saying that he's going to win it. But I thought like he's in the league. But it, it's about those Heisman moments, and that, that's a good transition, man. We got Bama and LSU coming up this week. Uh, I want to encourage listeners. Two years ago, I just read it today. Remond, I was going to really mention it to you. It came up in my memories and my Facebook, but it's that piece you wrote. About uh, I think you you, you counted down the yeah, top yeah. ten LSU games, and if you want to check that out, make sure that you check that out. Uh, you can just check it out on our Facebook, Opinionated Benchwarmers, or you can go no. to our. We have a blog site as well. Uh, yeah. Opinionated Benchwarmers, and uh, it's just what Ramon he which he articulately did, and it was it was an excellent piece. It's just counting down the top ten LSU versus Bama games. Because it's just been a part of our history, you know, LSU. We went to LSU, me and Ramon. And so, we, we really firsthand know the best LSU games that has happened. And uh, it's just kind of like, it was just remarkable. It was a good read. That's just shout out to you, man. You did a great job that. on that, man. Appreciate. We should have we should have kind of yeah. like dug that up. But, yeah. right? you know, now we digging it up now. But if you want to check that out, make sure you check that out on PNA Ventuama. P- mm-hmm. P- but one of the things that you did... Uh, right, and I noticed that one of the best games, I think it was the best game that you wrote, was like that 2011 game, the nine three game, nine six nine nine six. six, yeah. And it wasn't much, it wasn't much offensive output, but to ironically, <laughs> here we are in 2019, yeah. eight years later, we may have, we're expecting, anticipating. I think all sports. Writers and, and you know analysts are anticipating one of the one of the highest scoring Bama versus LSU games that we've ever seen. Yeah. So I mean, I'm really anticipating this Saturday, man. Yeah.
0: No, definitely. Like you said, you go from that game being one of the like just defensive fest to this game gonna kind of be basically a shootout. You know, going back and forth. Uh, I was talking to some people about it even at work and talking about the game and and really how I look at these two teams and it's crazy that they're almost like mirror images of each other. Mm. Um, you look at two defenses that have, that have shown flashes and have had moments of looking like typical LSU or typical Bama defenses, but that aren't quite there. Bama's defense hasn't stopped to run as well this year. They have a the line, young linebackers I always think that their secondary can be tested. But especially when you look at the offenses, you look at, to, in my opinion, the two best uh, wide-receiving units in in college football. You look at Bama with that four-headed monster over there with um, Jerry Judy. You look at uh, Ruggs, Henry Ruggs mm-hmm. over there, Deshaun Smith, mm-hmm. and you look at Jalen Waddle, and then you look at the trio with LSU of Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Terrace Marshall, but now you throw in what Moss has been doing recently. You can throw in there Derek Dillon having moments here and there. You can throw in Stephon mm-hmm. Sullivan, So, you're looking at two teams that have the best wide receiver cores, the two top, basically, quarterbacks in the nation in the Heisman contention, and you have two quick strike offenses. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you're not going to look at really either team that's going to try to too much milk the clock and let me run the ball and keep the other team's offense off the field. They both are two quick strike offenses and literally can get the hands in a playmaker and he can go 70, 80 yards. So, uh, I think it's gonna be very intriguing, and like you said, it's gonna be way different from the nine six game because it it might be forty nine to
1: forty six. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like you mentioned. I mean, I think that it starts off with the quarterbacks on both sides. You know, Tua, uh, which we assume is gonna be healthy for the game. You know, he had the ankle injury. I mean, the knee injury. The ankle. Yeah. You, you ankle. said it right, the okay. ankle. He had ankle injury. There. So I mean, with Joe Burrow and Tua, you're looking at two of the top quarterbacks in in the country we're looking at the future of the nfl right there uh i truly believe and you know even on the other aspect is that how much heisman implications like i don't know of another game that has much as much heisman implications as it does on both sides just being that the losing quarterback you're gonna raise your eyebrow you know and i think the winning quarterback is is the one that that's going to be looked at as favoring and winning at Heisman, and it's not just because of, of the uh, I guess the 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 height of the game and, and you know the 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 level of the game, but it, I think it's more so is that these quarterbacks are going to have to play the best that they have in the, in their lives to right. win this game, and you know just like you said, I mean it's been more of a defensive uh, driven game in the past years, but. We we're seeing now that the offense is going to have to step up and be the the side of the ball that's going to have to win it. Right. So I mean by that in general that that means that the winning quarterback probably has the best Heisman um Heisman implications. But you know overall, I mean I think that you know I think we are a podcast and a, and a sports group that has you know has made their implications just based based on predictions. So, now we got to go ahead and do what's tough and, yeah. and go ahead and make that predicting score and what we think will happen. Um, so, I am going
0: to go with, I'm going to say LSU 42, Bama 31. I think LSU goes in there and gets a decisive win, really puts the nation on notice. I think that there's a lot of a lot build-up to this. I think that uh, that Joe Brady is going to unveil some things in the offense that we have not seen that's kind of just been in the tuck waiting on a moment like this. And I think that Joe Burrow is just that type of guy that goes into that type of environment and gets the job done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to say
1: 42-31 LSU. Okay, I'm going to go 38-31 LSU. And that's just because I just... You know, I, you know, Nick Saban is a, is a coach genius, and I know that he's in his lair right now, writing up a game plan of how he can try to attempt to stop uh, Jamar Chase and, and uh, stop Justin Jefferson along with Joe Burrow and, you know, um, Clyde. Yeah, Clyde, yeah know, we, we got him. He's been good, a good call-out right there. You he's been an X Clyde. factor for us, and, you know, he's been running the ball really, really well. So. You know, I, I mean, I think that that, you know, I think that it will be a lot of scoring because thirty one, thirty eight 38 is a, is a high score. But I think that it's, it's mostly going to be, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be a long game, man. It's going to be <laughs> a game that you can't really sleep on. Yeah. You know, we got that trash time of 2.30. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, it's going to be one of the ones that you're going to be watching until 5 o'clock. You know, yeah. I think that you're not going to want to miss it down. So, you know, there's, that's that, man. I mean, I think number one, number two, facing off each other, just like you said. Uh, playoffs, like you said, you mentioned earlier today, playoffs. Uh, I, The first playoff ranking yeah. is going to be released on Tuesday. Yeah. So how do you, th- you feel like that's going to shake up? I actually honestly think that this, Um,
0: I could be wrong, but I honestly think that this Bama-LSU matchup is going to be a number one versus number three matchup, actually. uh, I think in the first college football playoff rankings that you're going to see Ohio State at that number two spot. I wouldn't be shocked to see them at the number one spot, but I think that the College Football Playoff Committee is going to value LSU's three top ten wins. Um, they normally kind of go off with, you know their strength of schedule, but also the eye test. Eye test-wise, they probably would have Ohio State at one, but I would say their, their four that they're going to have right now in the order, I believe, is going to be LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. I think that's how they have the, okay. the four okay.
1: rank. I, I actually think that I I feel like they're going to put Ohio State at the top. Okay, being, I can see it. Then LSU, and then um, I think that uh, Clemson will be number three. And, you know, because I think that LSU, I mean, I think LSU is going to beat Bama. I think they might still put Bama at four because I, I, I feel like a loss well, no, when i not bad.
0: Yeah, but what I'm saying, it, like these rankings are going to come out before the LSU-Bama game. Okay. Yeah. So these rankings will actually be yeah, that's that's these true, rankings true. will actually be out this week. Um Tuesday night is when the rankings come so out. I so remember
1: I remember I well since you put it like that, I feel like, you know, Bama still'll be four or three or four. But I feel like you know, I feel like that's how it'll be. I feel like it'll be uh Ohio State, L S U, uh um Bama and Clemson, you know, right there. Yeah. But you know, overall, I think that, you know, like you was telling me last weekend, you, you said that, I, hey, look, I feel like, you know, being at Oklahoma lost, I, uh, talk, was that, Ohio State? Huh, who Oklahoma, Oklahoma lost to? They lost to Kansas State. Kansas State. Kansas State. Kansas State. And, you know, you told me that you was like, that opens up the door for a one-loss SEC team to yeah. make the playoffs. So, I mean, you go ahead and elaborate on yeah,
0: that. Yeah, man. Um, honestly, I didn't. I didn't like that loss too much from the standpoint of I feel that LSU is going to beat Bama. Now, it could work out in our favor if that game doesn't go how we expect it to, to go. Uh, but honestly, the way you were looking at it, uh, at this perspective, Clemson is going to win out. So Clemson is going to be in the playoff. Ohio State, most likely. But either you're going to get that Ohio State or that Penn State that most likely will win out. That Big Ten champion is going to be in there. You'll have, to me, the winner of the LSU-Bama game because I believe one of those two teams will go on to win the SEC, will beat Georgia no matter what Kirby Smart wants. And now you had a situation where Oklahoma was penciled in at first as the Big 12 champion if they went undefeated. But now when you have a team in Oklahoma that went down and their losses to a team like Kansas State you kind of level the playing field because the committee has shown that they don't always just value you winning your conference. You know, the Pac-12 hasn't been in in a while. There was one year that the Big Ten champion in Penn State got left out over the team that even didn't even win the Big Ten, which was Ohio State, that got in with one loss. And when you compare Oklahoma, let's just say Oklahoma and Bama, Oklahoma would have had a loss to Kansas State, and if Bama's only loss is to LSU, and then they can try to throw in the whole tour logic and all this kind of stuff. You know the committee, number one, favors Bama. That happened to Bama two years ago when they didn't play in the SEC championship game, still got in the playoffs, still won the national championship. But if they can say their only losses to LSU, I think that the committee would go Bama over Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So it's a toss-up. It's not a definite thing, but that opened the door to a one-loss SEC team. Either way, LSU or Bama.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel you. I, I do. I agree with you. You know, like when I looked at it, I was like, yeah, you know, a loss to LSU is not a bad loss, you know, because they're one of the top teams in the country. So, I mean, I do feel like if it came down to it, you know, Bama could slide in if they went out after LSU. Uh, But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, we can't, you know, you know, we can predict these things. I and mean, then you can't overlook, you know, your competition <laughs> as well because that's what they call a trap game. Yeah. Um, but, overall, I man, it should be exciting. I think it's one of the more exciting LSU – I mean, not – well, it is. One of the most exciting LSU campaigns that I've been privy of seeing in a while. But not only, yeah, I think it's an exciting – just a college – you know, college football just in general because you got, like, a lot of teams that are, are really, really, really good, like – not just, like, good defensively, but, like, just, you know, you have a lot of talented quarterbacks in this class. You know, when you look at, you know, Jalen Hurts and you look at, you know, uh, of course, Joe Burrow and, and, and Tua just in general. I mean, you're just looking at a, a very talented quarterback class. So Yeah, you even
0: look at Herbert, what he's been doing at Oregon. Who yeah, know I, I, yeah. He was really the number one guy coming to yeah, this year, right. kind of slid under the right. radar. Yeah, he
1: was, he was one of, the, one of those uh, Heisman favorites, you yeah. know. And I, I think they loss to Auburn, kind of hurt it hurt his campaign. But you know, since then he's been playing good ball. But uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 it about college. Yeah, bro. I'm just looking forward to uh, Saturday and seeing what what's gonna happen in in our reality. You know, for our sake, I'm hoping LSU pulls it off because we been playing the fight song. Yeah, I too. know <laughs> they can't do it to us like that, bro. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. So. Uh, we'll get to the NFL a little bit. I mean, I think the uh, NFL is starting to crystallize a, a little bit. And, you know, our rankings are, you know, starting to set in stone, you know. But, I, I mean, I just kind of want to start off with uh, talking about the Saints. And not just because I'm a fan, but just because that's, that's a big, and you know, that's really a big, you know, story. And, and just the fact that, I even tweeted it, but just the fact that, you know, they've been able to go uh, 6-0 without, uh, or 5-0. and Without, without Breeze and, and they have been six and zero since Breeze had the injury. Yeah, and you know, just man, look, man, like you know, what is how much credit should go to Sean Payton for just losing a franchise cornerstone and still, and then think about it, we won the last game. I mean, the two last two games, Alvin Kamara has not been yeah. healthy, and they still are able to, yeah. you know. Top, Keep it going.
0: top two in coach of the year. I think right now it's a very hard fight between him and Kyle Shanahan because nobody really kind of saw the 49ers coming. But it's it's very much a toss-up between the two of them uh, for coach of the year. Like you said, no one really saw that even coming with Drew Brees going down. You know, people were thinking that, of course, when he went down that it would be for the full six games, even though he came after you know, the fifth game. But all I heard when Drew Brees went down was, "Hey, let's just go 500. Let's go three and three in yeah. this stretch." That's what I heard from yeah. everybody, especially yeah. even Saints fans. They were like, "We yeah. go three and three without Brees, I said it. then we'll sail on into the playoffs." And then you just saw win after win. It was like, "Oh, this Dallas game might be tough." Okay, win. Oh, this Seattle game might be tough. Okay, win. Oh, this Chicago Bears game might be tough. Okay, dominate them. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, it was like just week after week. You seeing that? And like you said, you see Kamara go off. They plug
1: Latavius Murray in and then Latavius oh, it's Murray. Really, really good. I yeah. think that, that deserves even some time. Latavius yeah. Murray has looked very extremely explosive this year. And I think that, he, you know, I think that people really kind of slept on him. But uh, Latavius has been everything, man. Step in with over 100 yards rushing Uh, this year. I mean, this week. I mean, this past, past week. Yeah. uh, You know, in Alvin Kamara's place when he had the bulk of the carries. I mean, he's been really a monster with AK out. Honestly, he's been one of the, as far as
0: in that short stint of time, he's been one of the most, well, I can't say the most productive back in that time period. But one of the, the top three or four backs in that time mm. period of what he produced. Uh, with AK being out, so
1: yeah, uh, man, you look at a guy like him who runs, who's a big back 6'3, you know, 200, what, 230, 220 pounds, you know, just carrying like just very explosive and, and with, with a lot of speed. But you know, I think that, it, you know, I think that Sean Payton should, like you say, Shanahan, it's hard to give an undefeated coach, it's hard for an undefeated coach not to get it. But, man, this dude, Sean Payton, you, you know, 49 is going to lose a game here. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that kind of will even it out. But, man, Sean Payton, the adjustments he's made, how he's been able to to drop a game plan for Teddy. Like I, I said a couple episodes ago, just that's tailor-made for Teddy. Yeah. You know, the same way that it was tailor-made for Breeze. But then, let's talk about Breeze, man. He come off that thumb injury looking very, very, very good.
0: So. <laughs> the usual Drew Breeze, man. Uh, What can you say he come out there with 300 yards plus, as the usual, three Mm -hmm. touchdowns. Pretty much almost looking like he never went out. The rust kind of shook off very quickly. You know, first, I think the first couple of drives, he was already like six for eight or something like that. Mm -hmm. Of course, they kind of started off with him kind of dinking and dumping a little Mm -hmm. bit early in that game. And then all of a sudden, it was the usual breeze. Boom, boom, target after target. You know, can't guard Mike.
1: Right, and, yeah, I'm glad you said it because, like, it's, it's one of those those players that's in the league that nobody's talking about, and that's Michael Thomas. You know, his production has not gone down since whoever's throwing him the ball, he's going to catch it. And, I mean, he's he's very remarkable. He's very reliable. He's leading the league mm-hmm. in receiving yards and in receiving and, and, and in, uh, catches. Yeah. So it's on pace to break Marvin
0: Harrison's single season record. That's what a lot of people aren't yeah, talking about. You don't about. like that he's too much, huh? <laughs> I don't like it as much, but I, I'm a, I'm an M.T. fan, though, man. I, I do really like Michael Thomas, and I really respect Michael Thomas. That's why yeah. I say can't go on Mike a lot, because the dude is just a beast, bro. And you literally... It, if you no throw it near him, he's going to snag it. He, he's going to snag it. His you, catch so, ra- radius is out yeah. of the So if anyone were to break it, I would be cool with M.T. and Odell. Those are the two I would be cool yeah. with, the two of them if they... You yeah. know?
1: And I'm glad, man, you know, man, you're killing the transition, <laughs> yeah. man. Because I wanted to get into Odell, man. Uh, he's been quite underwhelming in Cleveland. And we all know that it's, you know, uh, a wide receiver position it is predicated on who's throwing him the ball. And yeah. Baker Mayfield is in that sophomore slump that we kind of predicted. Yeah. I think I predicted yeah, it. Yeah, no, you definitely
0: did. Uh, I was just about to shout you out on that because, Uh, before the season you were talking about him you know having that sophomore slump or definitely potentially falling into that and I was like man I don't know Rob I was like you know he got all these weapons he got Odell on the outside he got Jarvis he got, you know, your boy Nick Chubb in the backfield, you know, Callaway was still around. I was like, The best quarterback you know, that he's had his career. Yeah, so but. I I was just like, you know, I was like, you know, no no way Baker has that sophomore slump, man. He just got too much around him and it's definitely shown up that he's definitely in a
1: slump, man. Well, I mean, it, it's a, one of those things Odell is – I mean, not Odell. Baker is very cocky. Yeah. And his arrogance is really kind of shooting him in the foot. And, you know, like I said, we was going to talk about how he, you know, dissed that reporter and just, you know, he's being interviewed last week. And uh, he we just walked off the interview. I mean, I think that, you know, Odell is doing everything he can, but if you're not going to utilize the talent, then it's it's not going to work. I mean, Odell's one of those guys, like I've said always, uh, is one of them guys and Eli understood that Eli understood that he was one of them guys that's always open if he, yeah. even if he don't look open throw he's him the ball throw the ball let him make and, a play you know that hasn't happened Odell has had a very underwhelming season so far this year and you know it just don't seem like you know Baker and him are on the same page right now and it's just sad to see because it's a very talented team but I mean it's one of them things where like like people say it takes time for teams to gel yeah. Uh and like honestly, I mean we sit here
0: with you know, them going through eight games and sitting at a two and six mark. That's just crazy to think about you yeah. heard. Oh, one
1: more loss. I mean a rule of thumb, right? Seven losses, you're not making the playoffs. Yeah, and, and the thing so. the thing that's crazy is going
0: into the year they will looked at a team that People had kind of penciled them in the playoffs, first of all, but people were talking about them as a Super Bowl contender. low <laughs> <Lose. laughs> Right. right. Uh, you know, we had a whole discussion, a whole debate on that. And, um, I mean, to see them at this point, I would at least thought they would be 500. I would at mm-hmm. least thought they would be 500 at this point. But it just shows you how ineffective, honestly, Baker has been. And there's really no excuses that you can make. Right, because Chubb
1: point. is toting it.
0: Chubb is toting it, you know, other than when he was just having fumble after fumble against the Patriots. <laughs> he was still toting that, it. Man, he was just bro. jumbling. Yeah, he was just fumbling. fumbling. One of them long runs, he was toting that sucker and just fumbling it right at the end. But, uh, but I mean, to me, he has the pieces around him. It's not like, to me, either. It's but is like- it
1: Kitchens, though? Is it Freddie Kitchens? I think his play calling is has been very, very, you know, kind of, you know, mediocre. I think that he, he really... As a head coach, I've never been a fan of a head coach calling the plays because there's so many other things that you're responsible for, you know? Yeah. like. But at the end of the day, I, I can feel you on that, and I, I can I can get
0: you on that point. But there are certain things that sometimes a quarterback has to make a play. Like the game today, you know, the game, the the Browns, um, I'm blanking on who they were just playing. They, the, uh, the Broncos, the Broncos. Yeah, right. Playing the Broncos, you see Odell at the end of the game, Is a fourth down play. He got a one-on-one matchup. Beats the corner. I think it was Chris Harris covering this play because I feel like Chris Harris was shot on him for most of the game. But I think it was definitely him. And you see Odell with a step on the corner. And, you know, Breaker Mayfield just never sees it or never even looks the way to get him the ball. Now, it seems like his first read was to go to Jarvis Landry, and he just went with his first read instead of seeing that matchup over there. And so you see Odell frustrated because it's like man I got a step I can make a play that could have been the game winning touchdown so it's like I can feel you that part of it can be play calling but sometimes too a quarterback also has to make a play and I think that Baker just isn't doing that enough this year
1: yeah i mean we'll, we'll see i mean i don't feel bad for him i mean whatever uh for what they doing i mean with 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 that but uh the browns definitely got to get it together man but i think I think some weight, a lot of, uh, um, a much more weight should go toward, uh, should go on Freddie kitchens for the way he's been, um, he's been maneuvering through this thing. But, uh, yeah, man, it should be interesting, man. Again, it's a good season. Uh, the Saints got the Falcons. They was on a buy bye this week. Uh, and uh, me, and Ramon, as we, recorded, we were recording, uh, we're evaluating this uh, Ravens Patriots game. Yeah, which we had a Patriots, the top team in the league right now. But I mean, right now, man, yeah. we're seeing man, man, it's looking kind of shaky. What
0: What we're seeing is them finally get their first test. The Patriots have arguably, like I haven't literally gone into the strength of schedule numbers, but as far as you look at their strength of schedule, it's been weak. Like they haven't played anybody up until this point. And really, to me, the Ravens is their first test of a, of a good team, an elite team, a team that, you know, you go and look at the rankings that have been in the top five mm. of, you know, our OB rankings for a few weeks at this point. And so now you're seeing what they look like against legit competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can
1: only play well, you're not the getting Dolphins, no, I mean, so yeah, you're going the on. Dolphins and the and the, and the Jets <laughs> yeah, yeah. and all of them, you know. So, but uh yeah, I mean, it's interesting, man. We we'll, we'll, we'll see how that how that goes along. Then they played the Chiefs without Mahomes, right? Yeah. So I mean, it, it's just whatever. But yeah, man. So, um Oh, let's move on to the NBA, man. I think that things are. Let's start off with with the big with the big Kahuna story, and that's Cat and Embiid and their you that they're going through. Now, overall, they got into a fight, and you know, what to me, I'm like I'm on Charles Barkley side. I feel like it was just a a wrestle, a little <laughs> tussle match. I don't feel like it was really considered a fight. They weren't throwing many many punches in that fight. But, um, you know, Minnesota and the, and, the, and, the, and the Sixers met and, you know, ultimately the Sixers went on to win that game. But, you know, Cat and M B got into a little scuffle and they ended up getting two games, suspended two games for it. And then you look on social media and the things they're saying about each other. Man, What what's going on with them, man? What I think
0: is so, is, is kind of funny in a sense, is before the season and we knew that this wasn't going to play out, but Joel MB had a discussion with Rachel Nichols about, you know, how, how he's done with the trash-talking, basically. Like, he's going to come in this season. It's going to be kind of all business, Forget all the trash-talking. Then you get a couple games into the season, and you have this whole thing with him and Cat, and then all of a sudden it carries over into social media, and there's the trash-talk there. So it's kind of funny that within the first couple of games, you can't even get past that without getting back to who you are, which that's who Joel Embiid is. So I don't I don't know why he was trying to act like or maybe he was making a joke that he wasn't going to trash talk. But he's being who he typically is. Um, I don't really put too much stock in it either way. Um, I don't really think that it's going to continue to be such so just bad blood, blood, bad blood. You know, the the league just isn't built like that anymore. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah.
1: And, and, and one thing about it, I mean, I, I did. it was refreshing, refreshing to see, you know, just true competition Yeah. And, and, you know, guys caring about the outcome of the game and caring about, you know, their pride and, you know, carrying themselves on the floor because you really haven't seen that in years past, so. I don't make it really Like I say, I don't think it's going to be a continuing thing. I think I, that, you know, just simply not bent like that. If Isaiah Thomas get into a scuffle, you best believe at least four or five punches will be thrown. And, you know, same with Magic and, and Kareem and those guys. I mean, and Shaq. It, it's just not that type of league no. anymore. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think there's much more to cover there. But, I mean, what, what, what teams have surprised you so far? Um, I would say a team that surprised me has been the Phoenix Suns. Um, they're a team
0: that coming into this year, I didn't really expect much out of them other than them kind of being a doormat in the league and being kind of like a, an easy win for teams. And uh, Monty Williams has gotten that team off to a, uh, a pretty solid start. I think uh, I'm not a big analytics guy. That That's not me, but through basically the first week of the season, two weeks, however you want to call it, basically first two weeks of the season, they're, like, top three as far as net rating goes, as far as, like, you know, differential between teams and all that kind of stuff like that. So, uh, seeing, you know, a team like the Phoenix Suns be at that point, uh, of course, when we're recording this, they sit at a 4-2 and two record, having, you know, wins against the Clippers on their record, yeah. uh, which was impressive. Yeah the warriors win isn't impressive anymore <laughs> but but uh i i think i've been shocked by that cuz they were supposed to be kind of like a bottom dweller within the nba and they really kind of uh shocked you know, at the beginning of the season like i
1: said last podcast man deandre aiden didn't have a bad rookie season at all he, oh, he averaged good. a double double so he's going to continue to develop we know we have devin booker and just the just the way that team is built i think that it is it, pretty solid um, but I mean, the most team, the team that surprised me the most, uh, with me, is just Dallas, you know, I think that they, you know, which is going to transition us into our next topic, but you know, Dallas is look really, really good and you know, on paper, you expected them to be good. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you look at, uh, Parzingis just coming off a, a gruesome injury yeah. and was out for the majority of the best, better part of the, the season last year. You don't really expect guys to bounce back from injury like that, and I mean he has, and he looks darn good. And then, you know, like Luca, that's on our, our tab too. Just yeah, how man. great, great he is, and you know, I, I'm I'm saying, I mean, I, I was reluctant to put him there, but I mean, I don't think I think at this point you it'll be hard not to put him in the top ten players in the league already. Ooh, I have to, man. Like, I mean, let's get into it. I mean, the next subject. Uh just the Lakers versus Dallas and what he showed um and what he showed in a you know, he had thirty plus points, he had twelve assists, no, he had 15 like fifteen assists, assists and well, twelve rebounds, rebounds yeah. as a guard and you know, on a national stage versus LeBron and the Lakers, one of the elite teams in the league. You know, he, yeah. he didn't leave anything out there on the floor after going through, you know, hitting uh uh Dwight Howard's uh <laughs> medal chair. <chip. laughs> <laughs> but man, like Luca, I mean, what he showed like in the clutch, man, he has. How can you not put right. him in the top ten? Yeah, Luca. We need a to monster. start having
0: that conversation about Luca. Luka's Luca's a monster, bro. Uh, I was just trying to get through my head, kind of a, a quick top ten list in the league. Uh, I can definitely say he's. I mean, he's in the discussion. He's no doubt sure surefire going to be an All Star this year. Um, looks uh, well on his way to being an all-NBA player this year. So, um, him being top 10, I could buy the discussion. I probably would have to kind of think through the league and try to think of uh 10 players. But in that game, man, it's he just... He look
1: like a top 10 player in the world. He,
0: he plays under so much control. He plays so at his smooth. own pace. He's, like you said, smooth, and he just makes it look easy. Like... It you never look at Luca.
1: He's only twenty years yeah, old. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's twenty years old, bro. What's
0: what's crazy is to think about the fact that out of that duo, Porzingis is going to be the second best player. Out of that duo, out of who? Out, out of him and Luca. No. And I'm saying he's going to be the who? second best player who? out of that duo, out who? of him and Luca. Who? I'm trying to. I said Porzingis. Okay, okay I'm I getting I'm saying Luca. No, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm agree, saying I'm to give Luca that much credit to look at Porzingis. Porzingis is going to be a star in this league. I agree. And to look at that duo and say Luca is definitively the better player yeah.
1: at 20 is crazy. Yeah, like Luca is a monster, bro. Yeah, Luca is is one of those guys that he is box office. He is much CTV. He is probably one of the best players that you probably have privilege to see. Anytime LeBron is calling you a bad mfer, right. like you know, and then you know he he patterned his game after LeBron and what he brings. But I mean Luca, I mean I'm 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 on the, the Luca bandwagon. Right. Man. He he is he is, after what he showed on Friday nights, and and like I told you last week, Ramon, or last time we recorded is that when I look at players, I look at clutchness. You know what I'm saying? I look at what you do when your back is against That's the wall. Good. And, you know, a lot of times the Lakers had him against the wall and he just he, came out swinging. Bro. He's that dude, bro. He know he's, he's that
0: bro. dude, bro. It's 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 crazy to see. And even you look at even down to his step back threes, Oh, bro. just as good as how. I mean, hard just yeah. as good, bro. It's. It's ridiculous. Like I saw him hit one of them against LeBron. Like he, it was from the corner. He just yeah. stepped back on him and just
1: right in LeBron's face. Uh, Luca, Luca is the real deal. Yeah, bro. man. Then you hate the Mavs, but <laughs> yeah. I mean the Mavs are, are have really built a. Uh, they have a knack for finding those foreign players, man. And you know, you you and I know it ain't many foreign players that you can find that's really good. Like you got Powell, is Gasol's all time great. Dark Novinsky is an all time great. And now you got Perzingis, you know, who probably will be an all time great. And you got, now you got Luka, man. And you got Steve Nash, who's an all time great. So it's just kind of like, you know, you got a knack for finding them players. And and Dallas, man, they have a knack for drafting those players, bro. Yeah, they do. They do, bro. It's, yeah. So. I mean, shout out to Dirk too for getting a street named after him in Dallas. Yeah, that's pretty that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah, but that's dope. He deserves it. I mean, I think off that uh what was that? Uh 2006? You No, twenty eleven, right? yeah, it's twenty eleven playoff run, like I told you a Brad. couple podcasts ago. One of the greatest playoff runs I've ever seen in my life. Right. If you you make a
0: playoff run getting through the Lakers who were the defending champs, Getting through OKC that had Russ and KD and Young Harden on that yeah, team, then get through and you beat Lebron and you wade and Bosh. Yeah, and I, mean, I one remember Dirk. Runs, Dirk pissed man. me off
1: during that run so bad because he was not missing a shot. No, he was not. Brad. And he wasn't missing. He was not. Off, he me. was
0: not. And the thing about it that was so funny, bro, got to the finals, and that's when you know the Mavs went down. I think two to one, and the Heat were kind of mocking. You know, honestly, LeBron and Wade were mocking Dirk about Dirk, you know, being sick. And they act like he was either faking or, you know, making it bigger than what it was. And Dirk went and killed in the last three games of that series, man. Uh, so, one of the all-time runs for him, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. For me, that's like – that's got to be a top five playoff run. It's top five, performance. no doubt. It's like you got Shaq up there. Uh, you got – LeBron got to be up there. yeah. You know – uh um And Dirk, Dirk got... That's a heck of a You know, run, got magic, man. you know, like... That's it. That Dirk run is, Bert, is special, bro. But Dirk, Dirk run... The Hall probably, of Famers yeah. that he knocked off. Yeah, yeah. The Hall of Famers he knocked off in that run, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, I, th- I think that is something that's going to be talked about more and more as, like, things material. Like you said, you know, when, when Wade gets in the Hall of Fame, when Kobe makes his Hall of Fame... And LeBron makes it all fine. You look back and like, man, like he faces. I mean, some. KD breaks. makes it to the Hall of Fame and yeah. Russ
0: makes it to the Hall of Fame and Harden makes yeah. it to the Hall of Fame yeah. and eventually when Bosh finds his way, I think that Bosh will think, find. His I don't think he'll to, be a first ballot, he but he's gonna find his way into the Hall of Fame though. I don't know. I, I would, I would guarantee you that Chris Bosh. You
1: guarantee. I guarantee <laughs> you that Chris Bosh will be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he may be. I don't know. You think he did enough? He got the rings, I guess. He got two rings. I mean, I don't know if he's played long enough. I don't know if he played long enough. I mean, I, yeah. but I mean, when you look at some of the trash players that has made it to the NBA bruh, Hall of Fame, what well, the yeah. thing about
0: it, they make it just like the basketball Hall of Fame. So it's like so many people get in, bro. They they're gonna Bosh is gonna get in, especially with the numbers that he had. You go back to even his Toronto. Day. Oh, you don't have to convince me. Yeah, I know. I, and the rings that he won and all this kind of stuff like that,
1: he'll eventually make it into the Hall of Fame, man let yeah, we'll see, man. So, I don't know how... I, don't, I think that's it. I mean, I, I think that's it for us, NBA.
0: Yeah, I mean, we didn't really talk much it's about the Lakers, early. but, you know, I know you went on your... I mean, yeah, let's, let's talk about
1: that, man. Dallas versus Lakers, we just saw that on on Friday night. Probably the game of the year so far. It's going to be tough to top that. I mean, I know it's really, really early. We're only two, two weeks into the season, but... So far, that is the game of the year. Yeah, no, it definitely is the game of the year. Uh, I mean, you saw LeBron. uh, I think we got a good idea of what LeBron wants to see for this team. And then Danny Green has just been an X factor for us. I think one of the the little side notes, the
0: key things that stuck out to me, you know, when I saw that play, first of all, the bad move by Dwight Howard to kind of hold Seth Curry, make sure he didn't. But – one, two things that stuck out to me. First of all, of course, you know, they said that they, of course, run that action over and over again and how many times they run that set and Frank Vogel has put them in that situation over and over again. But the fact, too, the simple thing of, um, of the placement of the ball to Danny Green. At first, watching that game, you know, I was like, it's a it's a good pass, but it was kind of low. But after hearing about it, They say Danny Green actually likes to get the ball low because he feels like he gets his legs better into his shot when he catches the ball low. So even LeBron had a presence of mind to come around there, getting the ball to Danny Green, but also placing it right at the spot that Danny Green wants it in order to be able to elevate and come and hit that shot and obviously taking it to overtime. I thought that that was just an interesting kind of nugget, a little side story right there. Uh, That was very intriguing, but... Um, I think that, you know, that duo too of of LeBron and AD has been pretty much as good as advertised and they're just very early into their time of playing together. So it's going to be very interesting to see as that duo continues to grow and continues to develop even more chemistry, kind of how good they can be together. You know, that's going to be very interesting and very intriguing.
1: Yeah. Um. I think one of the things, too, that you got to look at is just kind of like just how things have been moving along, you know, so far. Because, you know, when it's early like this, it's just a lot of things that kind of can materialize. And you look at things that kind of, you know, doesn't, you know, I mean, you got B.I. averaging 27 points in the game. I mean, I don't think he's going to sustain that type of average. But I mean, just looking at the Lakers and and just outlook, you gotta say they they really gelling pretty good. The only thing we gotta get rid of was KCP. Oh man, gotta get rid of KCP. But it's crazy, actually, as we you know recording right now and this
0: Spurs Lakers game is going on and it's in the closing minutes or whatever. KCP's actually having a pretty good game tonight. That's actually I mean, after shot. like what are we gonna have, like yeah, uh, s- what, seventh is, game? Yeah, I think this is the sixth one tonight, but uh yeah, he's had five bad games. So he's, thing, kinda, yeah, he's kinda he's, he's kinda doing six six games. Yeah, to get good. but uh it's definitely time to kind of get him out of the rotation. But I mean that,
1: that's one thing in scary though, cause Rondo ain't there yet. Yeah. And Rondo's gonna make a difference.
0: Right. And one thing I wanna say, we can't close this pod. Without me telling the Memphis Grizzlies, free Iggy, man. Free Iggy, man. Free Andre Iguodala, bro. Memphis Grizzlies, y'all ain't doing anything with Andre Iguodala. I know y'all trying to get another pick for him. You already got a pick when you made the Andre Iguodala trade. You trying to get something, another pick for Andre Iguodala. You got a pick when you traded for him and took on that contract. Trying to get two picks out of that is just honestly ridiculous, man. It's really ridiculous. And I know I'm being very biased because I'm a Lakers fan. I even have on a Lakers shirt right now while we're recording this pod. Um, so I'm super biased. But free Iggy, man. If you add Iggy to that rotation right now with the Lakers, and and Iggy was live tweeting, the uh, he was tweeting the end of the, the, the Lakers and Mavs game. Like, you could tell he wants to be in L.A. already, so just go ahead and let it happen, Memphis. Go ahead and let him get bought out. Buy him out. Figure out something. You aren't using him right now anyway, and let him come to the Lakers. That's where he obviously wants to be. Rob Palenka is his former agent. Let it happen, man. Stop wasting our time, man.
1: Man, Iggy, uh, you said it, biz. I don't have nothing to add on to that, man. That's neither here nor there, man. But it look like they want to hold him hostage and and get some assets for him because Memphis ain't going no way this year. Jai look pretty good. Yeah, but uh, what about Miami, man? The Heat, the Heat, man. They got two
0: rookies that's like killing it right, lighting it up. One that went undrafted. Yeah, that's it's crazy. They've been lighting it up, and you remember the last part we said Tyler Hero is a sleeper
1: as one He's of those dark
0: horses in that rookie of the year conversation he was one of the names that we mentioned and he's been very good to start, start later. Season. And then that's none.
1: None was an un- yeah. undrafted, uh, undrafted uh, guy yeah. uh, this year. He's a rookie and he, I think he, they say yeah. in the first seven games he scored, he's averaged the most since like, I think D-Wade. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just a bunch of legends. So, you know, I, I like to see young guys get it in yeah. early like that. in the heat, man, they...
0: To see them right now sitting second in the East as we're recording this, we know the NBA changes day by day. Yeah. But as we're recording this, to see them sitting second in the East with a 5-1 and one record, and on top of that, on, you know, tonight when we're recording, and Sunday night or whatever, they mm. destroyed the Rockets. Blew them out. Like, it was early mm. in the game. It was like 47 to fourteen or forty three to seventeen or some kind of score where they were up thirty in the game pretty early in the second quarter and like they just destroyed the Rockets. Um and part of this they've been doing part of this without Jimmy. Like Jimmy missed Yeah, Jimmy just games. got they back they just got back. So um I mean shout out to the Heat. I know they were a team that you really mentioned coming into this year. Um so shout out to them the way they've been performing. It's-
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean NBA gonna get crazy, man. It's a there's a lot of teams that – but, I mean, it's, it's super stupid early. So, we just got to see how teams going, to you know, materialize throughout, you know, throughout the throughout the game. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm here for it, man. Yeah, it's great to see the Lakers at top yeah, of the yeah, Western it's top, best you know? to see the Lakers. It's good for the league. Yeah. You know, it's good, arrogantly so. It's good for the league, for the Lakers to be uh, relevant in a good way, not just by storylines but by performance. And, you know, they be one of them teams that has been on fire since the Clippers lost. But, um, I mean, I think that's that's about it, man. Yeah, I think we that wrap it up, wraps man. You, man. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, shout out to the listeners. Shout out to everybody that's listening. Make sure that you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on, on Instagram and, and Twitter. Uh, give us a little feedback of how you feel about the podcast. We appreciate everybody that has been complimentary of the podcast. Every time I'm seeing somebody uh, in person and telling me how much they enjoy the podcast. So, we just want to shout you out and... Uh, we appreciate those compliments and uh, thank you for rocking with us. And um, Just uh, make sure that you subscribe uh, if you want to support us and make sure and you want to see us go you know, to another level. Make sure that you're su- subscribing and uh, even more importantly, make sure that you tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, Wherever you, uh, you like to listen to your podcast, you might have heard it by a random link, but we're on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, we're on uh, Shadow Worlds Radio Network. Uh, shout out to those guys over there. Uh, we on um, iHeartRadio. Radio. Uh, we on a lot of platforms. Himalaya. So. We get on a lot of yeah, platforms. So, yeah. just, even just Google our name and you will yeah, find us, bro. Yeah. So like you said, man, just make sure that you. It's no excuse if you want to support support. Um, and another thing, man, share our rankings, man. Share <laughs> share our college polls, yeah. man. I was just, just as good as the as the regular guys. Uh, we, we out here, man. We really putting yeah. in work. Uh, be on the lookout for our yeah. NFL rankings. and Yeah. That's it, man. Yeah, and shout out to Lowe's in his absence. Yeah, so, you know, shout I think out to we Lose. held it down for our boy, but shout out to him, man. Yeah, shout out to our Portland crown. Lo, he'll be back on the next. I ain't going say it because i I've been mean, <laughs> saying that for like three episodes. We will, you know, like until next time record, man. Appreciate it. And we out. All right.